So we continue with our discussion of uh, the discount rate and present value. And, and, and we say that we use the discount rate in order to assess the money, the present value of money that we'll get in the future. If we get any future P dollars after T years from now, and the discount rate is D. So the value would be P divided by one plus D to the power of T. And, and one can uh, ask uh, what determines this discount rate, the value of D. And, and actually it's, it's a whole uh, world, which again is captured in, in, in the finance uh, landscape. It will, it's related to the value of money over time. For example, the interest rate, because one could argue if we'll get, instead of getting $100 from the customer five years from now, it's worth for me to get only $95 today because I can invest the money with the current interest rate and make more money. So the question is what could I, I could have done with the money now? There are issues of risk associated with the cash stream. Can I re be really sure that five years from now or now it will be $100. What is the cost of capital for the firm? Uh, the firm needs money to finance its, uh, its operation over time. Now, for some firms, let's say established firms, banks, the cost of capital is low. For some firms like startups, the cost of capital is very high. For the bank, it might matter less if the money comes now or five years from now for the startups, it matters a lot. So generally, uh, again, uh, one should look at the discount rate as a case by case. Uh, what we see in calculations that involve customers in, in recent years that often 10% a year has been used as for customer related assessments of the discount rate. But this, this is an issue that should be discussed with the finance de department of the firm. Uh, and for often for short life cycle products such as mobile apps, people don't take discount rate at all into account because they say, you know something, if most people live within a month, then uh, anyhow, I get the money quite close. I shouldn't bother dealing with discount rate uh, at all. Uh, the fourth building block of lifetime value relates to how many periods people stay. Now, two, uh, two measures which are fundamental here are retention rate and churn rate. A retention rate is what percentage of customers stay from one period to another. And the churn rate is the complement of that. What percentage leave from one period or another? So when we talk about an either mentioned retention rate or churn rate, it's one minus uh, the other. It does not matter much. And we, when you look at churn, what we will look at is the simplest form of churn, which is called loss for good. Loss for good means that the customer may not come back in the near future. So think of the example of a bank or a software as a service company. Typically you have a customer and you know when they leave and probably they will not come back within two days. So they have a customer ongoing relationship and they leave and you, if they come back two years from now, you say, okay, this is practically a new customer. And so this is the simplest to analyze and, and fits all kinds of 
contractual agreements, subscriptions, software as a service. And, and I think that it fits many business examples. There are more complicated examples in which customers come and go. And, and again, there are models for that as well, but for now we put it aside. So, and when we'll talk at churn rate and lifetime value in general, we argue that we want to, you, to measure it for a cohort. A cohort in our context is a group of customers who are acquired at about the same time. So uh, we want to look at customers acquired about the same time because things can happen that change the value of cohorts. And we'll talk about it later when we talk about cohort analysis. And uh, we want to take this issue off the shelf from now and say, let's say that all customers were acquired at the same time. So they are in temporal wise, they are more or less the same. And, and uh, 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 this is not always the way that it's reported by businesses. So for example, in the cellular industry, when you look at reports on monthly retention rate of US wireless firms, often you see the general retention rate of all the customers that we have now. And some customers have started long ago and some customers have just started. This is like a mix of them. And in, in the absence, absence of better data, this is of course better than nothing, but as we'll talk about, you may want in order to understand lifetime value to do the calculation of people who started at the same time. So how do you do the calculation? Let's say that you have a 10% fixed churn rate. So it means that each period, 10% of the population leaves. That's the churn rate. So, and let's say you have a court that started with 100 customers. So they started 100. After one period, 10% leave, 90 are left. After two periods, 10% of the 90 now leave, you are left with 81. And then 10% of the 81 at period three leave and you are left with 73 and so on and so on. So the number of remaining customers go down with time and actually, this is what we call an exponential distribution, where the number of people who leave are, 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 is fixed. And the way, if you want to graph it and you put on the y-axis the number of remaining customers of the court and the x-axis the number of months, you'll see a, a dropping curve, which depends on the extent of the drop of the chair. When you'll have a 10% churn per period per month, it would be dropping fast and you have a two and a half percent would not drop as fast. The good news about exponential distribution is that it's easy to calculate the average. So we know that uh, uh, if we retain a proportion hour of our customers, so uh, the retention rate is C, the average customer stays with us one divided by one minus C. So the average customer stay is one divided by the churn rate. If the churn rate is zero plus 0.2, the customer stays on average for five years. If it's a yearly measure, of course, if the 0.2 per month, it would be the customer staying forever for five months. Uh, 
And, and actually, in order to see the churn rate, we need to dive into the database of customers that we have often and to see how many people leave over time. And generally, what we do is we look, let's say we have data on customers per quarter, and we see how many people leave each quarter out of the people, of course, that haven't already left. So we can do the calculation and from that calculate the average churn rate over the periods and, and get some measure of average churn rate uh, for the firm. So, so uh, uh, this is a, a, a simple thinking about the building blocks of lifetime value and we, we can move to the assessment of customer lifetime value. Um, and we'll start with a very simple calculation of expected customer lifetime value using Excel, which is really similar in spirit to simple calculation, simple calculation of long-term profits for any financial asset, not only customers. And most of them will make some assumptions. Most of them can be relaxed in any uh, calculation, which you do for yourself in your own firm. But for simplicity, we start with very simple assumptions. And let's say that we have a SaaS, a software as a service company that wants to understand the profitability of a new customer. Now, what do they know? Let's say that they look at the yearly level and know that the average yearly retention rate is 0.8. Now, this is the same as saying that the average churn rate is 0.2. It is the same. Some people measure retention, some people measure churn. They know that the yearly revenues from a customer are 40, the yearly variable cost per customers are 30, and the yearly discount rate is 0.1. And as we said, you can do it also monthly, but you have to be consistent. The same, if you, if you make the churn rate monthly, then the profit and discount rate should be monthly as well. Before we get to the Excel sheets, there are a couple of things that we need to decide on. We need to decide what is the length of the forecasting period we will use. And here we will look, for example, for 10 years. And, and we'll look at the numbers and see how, how important it is. Uh, we need to decide how, when do defections and when does the money that we get happen within the period. People might live all over the period. I mean, they can leave any time in the period, the money that we get at any time in the period, but in order to make things tractable, we need we, we better assume that it happens in one point in the period. And this is important only because of the discount rate, because if, if it wasn't for the discount rate, we wouldn't so much care if it's in the beginning or the end, but if you assume it's the end of year in the beginning and the discount rate is 10% a year, it makes a difference. So. Uh, you need to make a decision, and, and again, more many times it's distributed, but you need to think what is more reasonable to assume the beginning or the end. Here we will assume for simplicity that both defections happen at the end of the period, and also we get the money at the end of the period. And, and the last thing we need to think is how many customers we're going to examine. Now we're interested in lifetime value of one customers, but often for convenience, we start analyzing more instead of saying we we have 1.8 customer after one year it's easier for people to think about the fact 
that we started with 1,000 customers and we have 800 of them after a year. So it doesn't matter how many people you start with as long as you divide at the end by the number that you start with. So let's see how it happens for our firm. We, they start with 1,000 customers and the retention rate is 0.8, but in the first years, people don't leave because they, we said they leave only at the end of the year. So they, uh, we have revenue per customer is 40, variable cost is 30, so the profit per customer is 10. So the money that we get in the first year is $10,000. However, this is the money that we get, as we said, is at the end of the year. So actually we need to discount it. And in order to discount it, in this case, we divide the $10,000 by, by one plus 0.1 to the one. So it's 1.1. So this is the discount rate calculation and we get 90, 91 in this case. The second year, at the end of the first year, people have left. So we are left only with 800 people. And again, uh, they, the uh, profit per person is 10. The, the retention rate, again, we, we just saw it's 0.8. Uh, we get $8,000. However, now we have to discount it two years. So we need to take into account that this $8,000 that we get happens two years from now. And this would be 8,000 if we divide 8,000 by 1 plus 0 0.1 plus one, all of that to the second, and we get 66.12. And we go on, we go on and we go on the third year, only 640 customers are left and they buy, we have to discount it three years. And after 10 years, we have, we can look at the numbers that we get and all these numbers already take into account both the retention that happens to customers and the value of money, and in this case, we'll see that the 1,000 customers bring us about $32,000. So the individual lifetime value is about $32. And what you can imagine when you see this Excel sheet is most of the money happens early on. Early on, people haven't left yet, and the value of money is higher because of the discount rate. So later on, not much is left, and therefore, and the question if we make this assessment for 10 years or 12 years and so on is less pivotal for the actual value uh, that we get. In this case, if we would have looked at seven years, it, the, the value would be about $30 instead of 32, which for most companies would not really change decision making. Now, instead of an Excel sheet, we could also use a formula-based analysis. So a, a formula-based analysis is a, often a quick and dirty. It's a back of an envelope formula. Instead of doing an Excel sheet and, and using it in all kinds of ways, we just want to have an equation and see what's going on. And uh, the one advantage of the Excel sheet is that you can change the way that the parameters happen uh, over time in a very simple way. You can say, okay, I, I think that uh, profitability per customer goes up per time or retention rate goes down. It's harder in the case of a formula, which everything has to be fixed, but then 
with the formula, you can still get the results very easily and uh, quickly without an Excel sheet and explain it to others. So uh, if we make the same uh, assessment as before, the fixed per period margin over time, fixed churn rate, discount rate, and you can do the analysis and we will not do it here, but uh, the difference that we make uh, from the Excel sheet is now we go really for the long run. And uh, we actually look at the money that we get until infinity. And the reason is that we do that is that we have a time series of money that goes smaller and smaller. And actually, if we take the equation to infinity as we studied in school, this time series can converge. And uh, uh, without going into the details, we can, we can see that the, in case the money per period that we make is G and the churn rate per period is C and the discount rate is D, the lifetime value is G divided by C plus D. So we have a quick and dirty solution to lifetime value. And actually here, the difference is not that large from the Excel. We went for infinity. So we, we, we looked at a much longer range, but after 10 years, we got 31 plus $31.95. Infinity gives us 33.33. So in that sense, maybe indeed infinity is not realistic, but actually it gives us a very quick and dirty way to get an estimation to lifetime value. Now, of course, if we change our assumptions, we get a bit different results. For example, let's say we don't take discount rate into account. If we don't take into discount rate into account, the lifetime value with no discount is G divided by C, the profit per period divided by C, which makes sense because before that, we say that the average time a customer stays under a fixed churn rate or, disc or retention rate is one, one divided by C. So what we get here is really the profit per period times the average time a customer stays. But there can be other changes like changing churn maybe in the beginning of the period, then it will change our formula a bit. It will be one minus T times G divided by C plus D. And uh, I don't think it matters now besides the fact that we can do the analysis. So, but generally, uh, if you do take into account discount rate, uh, the, the general for formula I would use is G divided by uh, uh, G divided by uh, C plus D, which is the gross margin per period, the profit per period divided by the churn rate plus the discount rate. Uh, 